I remember the snake seemingly slithering and tightening around my body, my neck, my shoulders. And I smiled because while I was doing a story in Benin, Africa, a priest who handled snakes laughed. His was a friendly, inviting laugh. Mine was more nervous. But nonetheless, the experience transpired without incident. After all, I'm here speaking with you. I've had many unique experiences in many countries around the world. And it's one of those things that I hoped my children would follow in my footsteps to experience the wonders that this earth has to offer from the various cultures and communities in all the wonderful countries. Indeed, our special guest today is my daughter, Mireille Baxter, and she is going to share some really cool things she's been up to this past year, particularly how she seems to be outpacing me in the amount of countries she's visited and the experiences she's had there. With no more ado, let's talk about it. Welcome, Mireille, my daughter. Thank you. You don't have to. I didn't coerce you. I'm not denying you any funds uh, for participating in this podcast, but welcome just the same. Thank you for having me, Poppy. I'm happy to be here. Cool, cool, cool. So let's get into it. You know the podcast. You're familiar with it. It's about cultures, about experiences, and you had what some would say is the ultimate culture experience, if you will, when you were recently uh, engaged in a internship, not from your homeland. So why don't you go ahead and just uh, help us, give us the context. You, How did this opportunity even come your way? Definitely. So um, I am studying hospitality management at the University of Denver. Um, and we are required to have some kind of a broad experience, be it studying abroad, be it working abroad, some kind of capacity that is supposed to add to um, just basically our college career so that when we graduate, we can not only put on our resume, but be able to share it um, in interviews and kind of expand our knowledge of hospitality outside the U.S. So because of COVID, I didn't go. Um, during my junior year and honestly wasn't sure I'd make it my senior year either. But in talking to my advisor, she was telling me about this program and was saying, you know, I think right now work abroad would be great because you have to intern, you have to do a study abroad of some kind, um, or at least go another country. Why don't we put the two together? And, um, you know, there's a lot of back and forth. It took several months of trying to figure out where exactly. I mean, France was um, at the top of my list since I'm minoring in French, but was still considering my options. But um, just after a lot of work and preparation, I completed um, a total of 11 weeks interning in the south of France over the summer. Nice. Now, when you left, you were able to participate in a French preparation program that started before you were actually at the location of your internship. Tell us about that, because I remember you met a lot of people from around the world, which is a cool experience in and of itself. Yes. Um, so what the first part was is we had a test to take um, for the French language. That way, if people had already taken it before 
or if they were brand new, they kind of knew what level to put you in. And it was this school um, in the south of France and Montpellier specifically. And there, yes, there were students from all over the world. The last time I'd had experience like this was maybe closer to my freshman year. Um, but this was the first time I'd ever been in like a different country with a lot of students from other countries. Um, my housemate for the uh, two weeks, she was from Spain. Um, I had two friends um, who were from England. There were some friends from Switzerland. I met a lot of students from Singapore, um, funny enough. So it was just like you're kind of like a halfway meeting around the world kind of situation. Um, there was Germany and a lot of other Americans as well, surprisingly, and different age ranges as well. So there were a lot of people who were my age, maybe a little bit older, a little bit younger. There were also several adults and it's just really interesting because over two weeks, not only were we learning French, that's something we had in common, but we would go out um, during lunch and just go to a cafe and talk, be it in French and English, and just kind of learn where everybody's from, uh, why they're there studying. I remember the first night, I was so tired after traveling, um, but my favorite memory is the first night I was with my, um, with my housemate and maybe a couple of other people, and we heard that some of the other students uh, were already at like a cafe slash bar. So we joined them, and there was just this huge table, um, well, really a bunch of smaller tables gathered together of us just talking and sharing our experiences. And what are you planning on doing? Oh, I'm interning. What about you? Oh, my, you know, my university in London requires this program in Singapore. Oh, I just graduated from business, and I'm taking, you know, the summer off. So it was just a kind of a melting pot, really, of a lot of people. People from all over with not only different cultural bath backgrounds and ethnicities, but also experiences and, and walks in life. So that was my favorite part. I'm curious, you know, one of your favorite films is a Singaporean film. I'm curious to see if you had that conversation with the Singaporeans that you met and what did they think if you did? Yes, so um, my one of my favorite films, Crazy Rich Asians, takes place in Singapore. I've read all the books. Um, I've seen the movie at least 30 times. It's on my list of places to visit. And funny enough, I had thought about bringing it up. Um, and then there's that part of me that paused for a second because I thought, oh, how would I would respond in the reverse situation? Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of... Uh, I'm struggling to think of a classic American film, but if somebody came to me and said, oh, you know, oh, I, I saw a movie about the U.S. and it had the Big Apple and, you know, the Statue of Liberty and there was Hollywood and stuff, I'd probably just nod my head and be like, yeah, that's cool. And, you know, try and partake of the experience, but at the same time be like, there's so much more to my country than that. So in the same way, I felt a little bit odd if I did I was feeling like maybe I shouldn't bring that up because I don't want them to think that my entire perception of Singapore is you know this rich glamorous lifestyle so instead what I kind of did was obviously I knew it was one of my favorite films but I kind of just let them tell me stories and I kind of just asked them questions about what they were studying um, what they're interested in doing thankfully they're very talkative so I didn't have to dig too deep and just kind of let them um, tell me what they thought. And funny enough, um, I think one of the best lessons I learned just in conversation with these other students, because there's about four or five of them that were from Singapore. And I don't even think they went to the same school. Uh, maybe a couple of them did, but they were just happened to be, um, you know, maybe 
traveling at the same time and happened to meet each other through the the school as well. But um, it was interesting because so many of them said, I would love to leave Singapore. Um, You know, it's been there, done that. That's cool. But I would love to go somewhere else. I'd love to see somewhere else. And that surprised me because obviously coming from the U.S., having this perhaps glamorized version in my head of what it looks like, I ended up getting very different uh, response from people who actually lived there. And so it was just kind of a cool, I I like to call it maybe a cultural check, even in my head. Um, It happened in a lot of conversations with different students where just by talking with them, my perception maybe of the country or what visiting there would be like or what I heard they were known for and stuff slowly changed by just having, you know, real talk with somebody, be it my housemate was from Spain and realizing, oh, wow, Spain really is like these other countries um, outside of, you know, differences in language and things like that. Or, oh, wow, okay, London is very different from Bath, is very different from, um, you know, the South where I visited before. And so it was kind of cool where instead of bringing up different things like, oh, you have the Queen of England, oh, you have this, oh, you have, you know, you know, this structure, just letting people share their stories. Um was kind of the best part of just that experience. One of the things that I think is cool is that a lot of people don't get to travel or don't have the opportunity to travel. That's one of the benefits of going to college. A lot of times that affords you as a student to gain access to things that would otherwise be uh, cost prohibitive. You've been to some countries that I haven't even been to yet, which is also really cool. What's the one thing that stands out to you as an American in Italy, in Ireland, in France, that that just makes you feel that this is what is different about being an American or have grown up as an American versus uh, some of the things you experienced in other countries. Absolutely. So I think especially with France, because I spent most of my time there um, over the summer, but even what I can remember from both Ireland and um, the few hours I had in Italy as well is the sense of time, how people use their time is very different. Um, In France, especially, learning to slow down was new for me. People like to take their time. They go out to dinner or breakfast or lunch, whatever meal it is that they're having for several hours at a time. And it's not to conduct business. It's not to, um, you know, necessarily like, hey, how do we land this deal? How do we, um, you know, catch up on everything I have talked about? They just linger and they just enjoy spending time with one another um, or by themselves. That was another thing, too, that I hadn't really experienced a whole lot um, in America is people are not afraid also to just eat alone. Like they just sit with their glass of wine and a book and they're just people watching and they're just enjoying themselves. They have no sense of urgency, no sense of feeling like, man, it's just me. They they enjoy it. And so that was definitely a huge adjustment because I think coming from America, being in school for, wow, 13 years now, um, or being in the 13th year of school, um, it's kind of crazy to see how much it's ingrained from a really young age that, okay, once you finish one thing, it's in preparation for the next thing. And then when you finish that, it's in preparation for the next thing. And then when you finish that, you go into the workforce. And so there's this always kind of go, go, go mentality, um, which can help lead to productivity. Um, That's something else I learned over the summer is 
Okay, Americans are maybe a little bit more productive in the traditional sense of just how much we get done. But I think also we can lose that art of just learning to slow down and enjoy life for what it is. So that was kind of a big difference in operating that I I learned to navigate uh, both through my internship, but especially on my days off when it was like, now what do I do? And you would just see all around you, whatever city is visiting people, just having a good time just because... And, and actually, I should say, I'm remiss in saying this, so apologies to my um, audience. I say America as if the entire continent made up of Canada, the United States of America, and all of Central America, and, and one could even make the argument of South America, is representative of that we're some monolith, and, and we're not. Uh, so you grew up in the United States yes. of America. That's a good correction. Uh, USA. <laughs> Um, and I think the, that if there were some Canadians or people from Mexico or Salvador or Honduras and you name it, they would be thinking like, hey, we're America's too or we're, exactly, <laughs> we're American too. Exactly. I don't know. I don't know that for sure. But I have a sneaky suspicion, having spent a lot of time in Mexico, that uh, that th- th- there may be uh, an argument to be made that we shouldn't just uh, holistically say we're American and, and the America uh, or, or not the America, but the Americas um, as, as, a, as a place you grow up. But certainly it's shared in a sense that it's a Western philosophy in terms of how we live. And as you begin to break that down, you start seeing, to your point, how we use time. That's a good learning to get at such a young age that will pay dividends as you continue to grow. I am curious, though, to understand you're also a single female traveling in a country that isn't your own. Talk to me about that experience. Definitely. So thankfully in my life, um, they were still group things, but I kind of had what I'd like to call some training grounds um, beforehand. Uh, so it wasn't just like, oh, I've never traveled before and now I'm going to go spend 11 weeks in another country. I don't think that would have ended quite as well as um, it did without having prior experiences. So I remember my freshman year, I went for an eight day class to Ireland um, with a group of other people, but I was traveling solo. I remember before that, actually, my senior year of high school, um, I went to England and Ireland for two weeks with um, a dance team. And that was more traveling in a group, but kind of my first like long term go away experience. Last summer, I spent in Florida for 12 weeks and, um, you know, got to see you and all the fam come down and visit, but still getting to and from and that day to day stuff was solo. So all of these experiences felt like a natural lead up to, okay, now we're going to do the thing where there is no group that you're traveling with and you're going to another country. So we're going to kind of combine everything together. And it was definitely, you know, I think it's definitely one of the most things I take pride in now, because the truth is, is it's hard. Um, And I feel like especially as a single woman, um, that there are just certain precautions and certain things that you have to think about that maybe other people don't. 
And just in regards to safety, who you're with, who you're around, making sure that you have everything. And so um, it was definitely a great learning lesson also because I had different modes of transportation, of course, to get there. It's going on an airplane, so how do you navigate an airport when it's just you? You don't have, you know, you and your family carrying all the suitcases. It's just you and your suitcases and figuring out where to go um, and traveling locally. We take the bus um, or the train, and it's hard enough as it is navigating an airport or a train station like the local Denver one or, you know, any any city that I've been to um, with you know, it being in English, let alone in French and trying to figure out, oh my gosh, where am I supposed to go? Am I in the right place? People are asking me questions. I have no idea what they're saying. And so um, there's just definitely, I think, a different level of awareness that these other experiences prepare me for. But I also think when I was there, uh, there were just little things that I would do for myself. Um, For instance, I would always make sure that I wouldn't go too early or too late when I was taking the train somewhere. So I'd be very careful with like estimating my time and making sure I'm back in, um, you know, before dark and things like that. Honestly, I think the best way to summarize it is that I think with the world that we live in and just, you know, you hear people's experiences, you hear their horror stories and you're like, oh my gosh, and you you empathize with them through something that they went through. But I also think, if anything, that shouldn't deter you um, from wanting to go out and wanting to see the world, but you should also not do so blindly. And so that's kind of my stance, even with my internship experience, um, is okay, yes, I am a single female traveler. And instead of seeing that as something to be afraid of, I'm just going to prepare differently. I'm going to keep, you know, good head on my shoulders. I'm going to be aware of my surroundings. I'm going to communicate these little tips and tricks and stuff that you learn of, okay, if I have my phone on me, um, you know, sometimes I would use that where, huh, it's just me. And there's a bunch of other people I don't know, or, wow, that person's sitting awfully close using tips and tricks such as like, I'm just going to call my family real quick. I'm going to be on the phone. Um, A specific example, I went to Monte Carlo um, and learned the hard way that uh, they don't use the same data as France does. So I was without service for a good whole day. And I was like, I could go back now or I could stay here and try to make the most of it. And I was like, all right, we're going to try to make the most of it. So it's going through a park. And this guy tried to ask me a question and I was like, I don't know. So I just kept walking and I was in this park and I was enjoying the garden. There are other families around and things like that. And I see this person starts to like kind of make their way. First thing I did, popped in earbuds and I was like, I'm ta- all right, I'm talking to my mom right now. I'm talking to my dad. I'm talking to my brother. And I just kept talking on and on and on and on. You know, realistic conversation, no fear, no need to, you know, engage. I think that's not a good idea <laughs> unless you're prepared to deal with the consequences. But it was just like a bunch of little things like that that I was taught or used instincts that made it so it was like, okay, that doesn't mean you should never travel again. But it also just means that when you do be prepared for whatever, you know, the, the uh, scenarios that may come up and just do your best. If you're in an isolated area, move to where there are people. If there's, you know, someone talking to you or you don't want unwanted interactions, be on the phone, like whatever it is is required. So I think that's honestly the best way to handle it is I don't necessarily um, 
want there to be either extremes where it's, hey, I'm, you know, I could do whatever I want and make a bunch of unsafe choices, but also not, you know, I'm never going to leave my house again because that's unrealistic. So finding that happy medium um, is something that I try to encourage, especially other women in my life when I share my experiences to say, just find that balance because there's so much to see and so much to do. Just be wise about it. Now, we have to get into this internship specifically because (laughs) talk about an eye-opening experience. You're studying hospitality, as you said. Um, You're actually doing an internship at a hotel. There are probably some things that I would say were theory in classrooms (laughs) that you had to see prove or not prove itself out (laughs) in in real life in doing this internship. What stands out to you? What, What story stands out to you as the most uh, either provocative or the most shocking or the most unexpected from what you thought you were going to experience and learn to what you actually did. Absolutely. So I think there's a couple different things that come to mind. And, um, you know, in sharing any of these experiences, I definitely want to be careful to say that um, I think every single country, every single way of operating, every single, you know, person, people who come from these backgrounds has something to offer and has something to learn. Um, So I just want to start off with saying that because that was my mentality going into my internship was realizing, okay, I can bring a lot as someone who has come from the United States of America. I also have a lot to learn going into France and learning from, you know, the French culture. So Just figured I'd start off with that just because any of the experiences, I don't necessarily want them to be seen as negative or positive, just more uh, an exchange of ideas, an exchange of maybe expectations as well, simply from the mindset of somebody who wasn't from there. So one of the biggest things that surprised me is that we aren't that different. Um... I think when I was expecting to, at least my perception of France, maybe movies I'd seen, videos, kind of similarly to the Crazy Rich Asians, you get this idea of what it's like, you know, you expect to walk in and you just have these people with their, you know, their berets and they're eating a a baguette and they're smoking a cigarette and you just picture that everybody in the country is like that, um, even though you know that's not true. And so getting there, um, you know, of course, the language barrier was the hardest part of just trying to, do I actually understand what you're saying? Do you understand me? But in starting to pick up with each week and become a little bit more um, fluent, I guess, in understanding what people were saying and stuff, realizing, oh, they're not that different from me. They also have their own conversations. Things are not formal all the time. They like the same foods I like. Uh, They like the same shows I like. I remember the biggest. This is, they even have their own slang. You they were have their own slang. Too, exactly. Like, like not everyone is talking like, <laughs> good day, sir. Good day, ma'am. All the time. There's like, hey, you, what's up? Let's go to the, and you're like, oh, wow, that's crazy. Um, I remember the biggest uh, example of that was when I, um, so I had two housemates that were French and I came back and I was just kind of doing my own thing. And I heard one of them on their phone and they were on TikTok and it was in English. And I was like, what in the world? Like they, they use the same thing I do and it's not a totally different scenario. And so um, I think just realizing like there isn't, there, there are cultural differences, of course, there are different backgrounds and identities and, and things like that, but we actually have a lot more in common than we think. So that was one of the first ones. 
I think the second was, and this is more from a young, maybe naive kind of, uh, you know, okay, I'm, I'm going in here and I'm prepared kind of experience was I went in with the mentality that, you know, okay, I'm going into France, the France. The French are very proper. They're always on top of everything all the time. They look down on Americans. They, you know, I need to rise to the occasion and be at their level. That was the, that was kind of the general, like, I'm the American here. Um, it's my job to not be a tourist. It's my job to not present myself as, you know, being sloppy or anything like that. Like some of these stereotypes um, that I think we all pick up consciously or subconsciously, even if we try to address them and fight them, so to speak. And when I got there, I realized that there are some things, or I, should, I shouldn't, shouldn't say when I got there, but after my internship experience, looking back, I realized that there are some things that they excel at that I could learn from as someone bringing back this experience with me into American, you know, American hospitality, being a student in Denver, all of the things like that. And there's some things that I think they could learn from us as well. One of my favorite examples is... um. I think the French do a really great job, um, just in the context of working, of dealing with really annoying customers. There is no, um, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry about that. I'm going to give you this discount here. You get this free gift here. You get this <laughs> being walked all over. They don't tolerate that. Um I remember the biggest eye opener, maybe within one of the first few weeks of working there was someone came and they're like, yeah, we were really disappointed with uh, X, Y, Z. And we, you know, we didn't expect it to be like this. And instantly in my head, I was like, in the US, we would have comped your room, we would have given you a free stay the next time we would have done all of these things. But the person's response was, okay, well, thank you. You know, I'm sorry to hear that. Thank you for letting us know. And I'll tell management end of story. And I was like, Oh, my goodness, I love this. I'm gonna take that back with me. Where because it was an eye opener of here's how you should deal with those kind of situations. Um, I think something that I realized that I could bring to the table. And um, I want to again, be careful to say this is not wholly representative of every situation I ran into, especially in the south of France. People were really warm. They were really kind. I had a chance to um, um, meet some people and just talk with them. And even some of the people I worked with were really just embracing and welcoming. There were some situations, though, where I realized we're maybe a, just a little bit friendlier with our level of with how we do hospitality in the U.S. It's a little more um, still formal, but we go a little bit more above and beyond in that area. You, you walk through the doors and we're going to say, hi, welcome. How can I assist you? I don't know the answer, but I'll find it for you. So there's this constant, um, rapport with your guests and trying to engage until we arrive at a solution. And there were a couple of times during the summer where either a guest would tell me, um, because they found out that I was from America or, um, they were maybe just sharing their frustrations with somebody else who spoke English, but um, where they said, wow, the I didn't feel warmth or I didn't feel reception. It was very formal. It was very curt to the point. And when I asked for um, that further assistance or something that you would maybe expect, um, just to clarify, this was a five-star property. So it wasn't just your local motel. It wasn't just certain things that they had expectations for with other places they visited they weren't getting. Um 
And if they tried to ask for them, it was a little bit more like, why, this isn't my problem, um, figure it out kind of thing. So there were just a lot of back and forth exchanges like that, that were helpful for me. Um, I try to see each of them as a positive thing, because there's something to be learned. It's either here's what I could do better, or okay, we're already doing a pretty great job in this area, moving right along. So those were just kind of some of the expectations is just a, and a quick recap is one that we, there are a lot more similarities between people around the world because we're all people um, than I think we give credit for. And two, that sometimes we, the biggest surprise is learning that sometimes we have some things figured out and sometimes we don't have it figured out. And that's why it's important to diversify your experiences, who you know, because that's how you kind of fill in the blanks um, and can benefit each other. So those are probably the two biggest things that I walked away from that had less to do with work, but just those cultural differences or those new experiences that um, maybe I didn't have expectations for, but can look back on now with, uh, um, you know, better confidence for the future. Now, I know we could share, um, I know we could share stories um, for hours as we have during your entire time there as well as uh, upon your return. I am curious, though, um, as we bring this to a close, when you think of a freshman entering into the hospitality program, be it at DU or any other place, um, what in your three years now going into your fourth uh, do you look back and would love to and and would share with them in order to help them uh, create the best experience possible during their own journey? Definitely. I, I've spent a lot of time thinking about this, especially entering into my senior year and seeing all of these people just starting and um, to be totally honest, a little envious of them because I want to go back and I want to start over again so I can do all the things. <laughs> um, but I think my biggest advice specifically with hospitality is that wherever you are, whatever your journey or experience is, have confidence that you have something to bring to the table. It took me a really long time to develop that confidence. Um, and that's something that my I've talked with my advisors about. That's something that I've noticed for myself in classes. But I remember the first day of the program sitting there and saying, what am I doing here? Um, I've never worked in a restaurant. I mean, I've never worked for a hotel. I don't even know what this, what hospitality is. I just know it sounds cool and I want to know more about it. And I think that sort of fresh curiosity that um, maybe I have heard of this, maybe I have it, but I'm here to learn has actually gotten me to where I am today. Instead of being able to say, you know, I spent my whole life in the industry and stuff, which is valid. Um, and I know a lot of people who've done that and they are on it track to success and it's almost crazy because you're like how are you doing this but you know look forward to, to keeping up with them in the future but just for my experience specifically it was almost like that was the drive I needed in order to accomplish what I've accomplished over the last three years and soon to be into my fourth year so I would just encourage even if you're not a freshman, even if you are switching from another career into hospitality um, to just be reminded that it's just the industry of people. That's it. Um, we assign it to stereotypes such as just hotels, just restaurants. And those are valid because they're a big part of the industry. But at the end of the day, hospitality is about those individual interactions that you have with people and what impact you hope to leave them with. So 
whatever your background, your story, your experience, whether you've worked in the industry for decades or you've never heard of it before, you have something to bring to the table because from one person to another, there's an exchange that's possible. Um, so just having have the confidence that you can make it to wherever you want to make it um, by just simply caring about people and, and being empathetic towards yourself, towards others and, and what you think is possible. Um, so I think that that was something I wish someone had told me when I was entering, um, but I'm glad to have learned over the last three years and would definitely hope someone in their first year would be able to uh, uh, really embrace. I would say uh, you could, could probably tell that to anybody, even if they're a veteran uh, at a particular industry working for a company for years, that is sound advice, something that uh, maybe perhaps every CEO should send their uh, send their staff to a hospitality um, course to idea. get uh, <laughs> to <laughs> make that empathy a part a part of it. So um, this was, of course, so cool to have you on the program and to learn from your perspective. Sometimes even the older you get, the, the more jaded you get. So I like talking to young people, especially when they're my daughter. And <laughs> we'll have you back again, maybe for graduation and sum up like how you would tell your whole career and share some updates. But um, for now, we'll call that the end of this episode with my daughter, Mireille Baxter. Thank you, Mireille, for joining me. Thank you so much, Poppy. It was a pleasure. I really enjoyed that conversation, which, of course, I always enjoy my conversations with my daughter. And I hope you enjoyed the conversation that we had and learned something. For me, I can get caught up in all of my years of wisdom, but it is so refreshing to see life and people and share experiences through the eyes of a young person and through the eyes of anyone that is in a different stage of life than you are. I was reminded today of the benefits of asking questions and learning and being curious about other people's cultures and what it could teach you about your own, or at least your response, your reaction to your own culture. Too often we limit ourselves in terms of what we choose to experience, what we choose to be involved in, and we miss out. We really don't get to embrace all that's available to us. We can focus on all the negative and bad things happening in this world, but wow, I love the idea of all the cool things that so many people around the world are doing, and, and it's awesome to share in that in some way. Maybe we all don't have the benefit or the privilege of traveling to another country, but the internet has really shortened the distance of being able to engage with other people and their cultures. So many different forums through social media are accessible to most people. So today I would encourage you to do something different. Reach out to someone and get to know them, particularly if they're from a different culture. And maybe you don't know them directly, but perhaps a friend, a friend of a friend, let me know. Reach out to me and I'll certainly do my best to connect you to people who live, operate, dream outside of your immediate universe. If you like these podcasts, can you do me a favor? Can you share it with your network, with your friends, with your family? Get them to listen to, have good discussions, and I'd love it if you would connect with me. I'm available on a multitude of social media. Look for Baxter Vision. Go to the website, cultureengagementexperiences.com 
to see all of our episodes and to find out more about this program and to listen to other episodes and find out more about our program. We look forward to connecting. Tune in. We'll talk soon. Thank you.